0: So if we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but yet not destroyed. We are persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, or not destroyed. We just want to stop right there, and our theme this morning is encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Every now and then, hey, you have to encourage yourself. Every now and then when I'm driving my car and going somewhere, I have to stop for a moment and get out and encourage myself. When the world won't give you any encouragement, you may have to encourage yourself. When we look at the news and we look at all the shootings across our country, whether it's in Pittsburgh or whether it's in Tallahassee, uh, you can see all of this trouble around us. And today is so easy to get discouraged when we see the violence and, and all of the mayhem and all of the stuff that's happening to us, it's easy to get discouraged. But we stopped by here this morning to let you know that God won't allow you to get so discouraged that you would get in a dark place. There's too many people that are in dark places. I just want to stop right here to let you know that you can live longer without water, than you can without hope. When you see a person that's suicidal, that person is not without water, but that person is without hope. So we want to make sure that there's no one here this morning that is without hope. That is without hope. When you watch the movie The Shawshank Redemption, they say hope is a good thing. You need to know that hope is a good thing. When we come up this morning to let you know, when we were all small, we all had these piggy banks. You know, and uh, me and my brother, we had one together. I don't know we had, why we had one together, but we would put our money in there and we would always be debating about who had the most money in the piggy bank. But the problem uh, with the piggy bank is that you had to get the money out of it. So the only way to get the money out, you had to shake it up. You had to hold the piggy bank upside down, and you had to shake it to the, to the money. Why would you put all of your valuables in this, clay, in this piggy bank? But in order to get it out, you had to shake it up and shake it out. And as we were shaking it out, my brother would say, James, that's my quarter. I said, no, we would just shake it up. But I want you to know, God has put in you something. And in order for God to get it out, he's got to shake you up. And when, when, when the world turns you upside down and God shakes you up, what's on the inside comes out. It ain't going to come out unless you've. Been, unless somebody shake you up. Every now and then there comes something that will shake you up. And you have to be, something has to shake you up before that treasure comes out of you. Today I would teach that God's wrath has supernatural ability to wrap around you and overcome your disability. God's supernatural ability has the power to wrap around you and overcome your disability so that you can do the amazing things that God has called you to do. You're not going to be able to do those things if you focus on your own disabilities. But you will be able to do them if you allow God's supernatural ability to wrap around you and you can do the things of God. In our lesson text this morning, I will make three points. The first message uh, coming from verse uh, 7 is the messengers. The next message is to uh, severe but bearable. It's going to be severe, but it's going to be bearable. Verses 8 through 9. And my last point is serving a purpose. This suffering that we're going through in these trials and tribulations serves a purpose. And that is in verse 10 and verse 12. In verse 7 it reads, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. This issue about these earthen vessels, this was baked clay. Uh, As we can see it, or it refers to a clay pot. Back in antiquity, people would make these inexpensive clay pots and they would put things in them. Sometimes they would put their valuables in them. Sometimes they would put their important documents in them. And sometimes world leaders and rich people, see, see it would throw you off. If you would come into a house, a robber would come in. A robber wouldn't look at this cheap clay pot. You know, it was a deterrent. They wouldn't think that someone's valuables was in a cheap clay pot. So they put their valuables in these clay pots. But what Paul was talking about here, the clay pots also had a common use. They were used to put garbage in. They was also used to put human waste in the clay pots because they didn't have a septic system. So this is what Paul is using here to let us understand these, the, the, this clay pot that, that was used in antiquity. God has chosen to put his treasures. And what Paul is talking about himself, his lowly, humble, dis, dis self that could be displaced or, or disavowed. Paul is saying these clay pots, God has chosen these invaluable, replaceable clay pots mm-hmm. to put in. His word and his treasure. God's treasure is his words. So Paul is letting us know here that God used these invaluable things. He said in that, in that scripture, he says, but we have this treasure in human vessels. In this human vessel, in this earthly vessel we have here, God has decided to put his treasure. That the excellency of the power of God is in you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, God has decided to put his treasure in you. Mm -hmm. Now, it's up to you to use that treasure as to how God has blessed you to use it. Also, uh, when we look at the second point here, when we look at how it says, For we are troubled, yes we are, on every side, yet not destroyed. We are persecuted. We are persecuted, but not in despair. We are perplexed, rather, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. In this world, you're going to receive some disappointment. But you are going to be pressed down on every side. But God has promised you that you won't be crushed. You are going to be perplexed. That means that you're going to be confused. Uh, but you're gonna know that God is with you. But you're gonna be so perplexed, but God has said you don't have to quit. Because there's some things that's gonna confuse you. There's some things that's gonna perplex you. There's some things you're gonna go around and say, Lord, why me? But God says, Shannon, I don't want you to quit. You he say he, he, he sometimes you may get perplexed, but God has said, Shannon, don't get confused. You're gonna run into maybe a few hard headed people in the church, but don't be confused. Don't be perplexed, you know? Just keep on preaching and keep on doing what you're doing. He said, don't be worried and don't quit. You know, preachers quit. They quit. They quit, Reverend Smith. Some of them quit. Some of them get perplexed, but God said, listen, hold on. Don't quit. We are hunted down, but never abandoned. The world is going to hunt you down when they find you that you're a child of God. But God said, don't be abandoned. We get knocked down. But we can get up. Hallelujah. Yeah. And let me tell you something about getting knocked down. The world is going to knock you down. And if they knock you down flat on your back, that's a good time for you to look up to heaven. Yeah. And ask the Lord to restore you. Yeah. Ain't that right, Reverend Phillips? They're going to knock you down. Yeah. They're going to knock you down. I'm telling you, the world out there is going to knock you down. Yeah. But when the world knocks you down, you can get up. You don't have to be destroyed. So he's, he's letting you know that I can do all of these things in you. Because when we use Paul as our example, you see, in spite of this severity of circumstances, Paul was not distressed. Paul was not in despair. Paul was not forsaken. And Paul was not destroyed. Paul kept on doing the things that God had called him to do. And we can see that. In this scripture. But the key to Paul's perseverance was not his own strength, but the key to Paul's perseverance was that he trusted in the Lord. He said, Everyone can see by Paul's example that we can continue to trust in the Lord. And when we look at that 10th verse, it says, Always bearing about the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifested in our bodies. When we look at Paul, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 through 25, Paul received 39 lashes with a whip. You know, those 39 lashes were what they gave you when they were getting ready to crucify you. Paul received those lashes. Three times he was beaten with rod. Then his body was stoned to death. All of that, Paul went through all of this. These things that Paul went through for his body. He says, uh, the bodies of ours are constantly facing death, just as Jesus. If Jesus is your example and Jesus came down here on earth and Jesus suffered and he died and the world hated him first, then why do you think they're going to love you? Let me just stop right here. They don't like you because they just don't like you. And let me tell you something else. They ain't going to never like you. So stop going around and saying, everybody loves me. They ain't going to never love you. I carried a guy out to lunch one day to try to find out what was it that he had against me. He couldn't tell me. But he said nothing, but he went back to his old hating me self. They don't like you because they just don't like you. Look what they did to Paul. And all he was doing was preaching the gospel. Thirty-nine lashes, beaten, 30 times with, three, beaten three times with a rod, and then stoned. But he kept on going. How could Paul keep on going? Because it was the God that was in it. It was the God's excellence and power that God had put in this earthen vessel. God said, I put this in you so you can keep on going. That's why God has put his word in you so you can keep on going. So when the world press you down, when the world knock you down, you got something on the inside that you can get up and you can keep on going. I told you about the toy me and my brother had. We would blow that big clown up. And then with that air in him and bam, hit him and he would come back and knock you down. But I told my brother, I said, listen, Robert, I know how to get this guy not to come back up no more. Let the air out of him. Let the air out of him. And he won't come up. When I was working on the south side, a big truck got caught up under this bridge right there on 79th Street. And they brought out all of the trucks from the city and everything that they was about to do. They were going to talk about doing this to the bridge. And a little boy standing on the side of the road, he said, Mister, just let the air down in the tires of the truck. And he'll go through. <laughs> Hallelujah, church. <laughs> it's what's on the inside. When the world knocks you down, you better check yourself. If you ain't got nothing or if you're not christ it. Or being a country boy. You know when you ride on a wagon. The wagon got them spokes that go into that hub. And I'm going to tell you. If you take them spokes out. That a wheel will still run with three spokes on. But let me tell you. If you take that hub out. That wheel is going to collapse. You got to be Christ centered. To get through this world. That's what Paul is talking about. The, The excellence. The power that's in you. Is of Christ. And that 11th verse says, For we which have lived are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifested in our mortal bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger in our lives. This gives us the constant opportunity to let the world know that we have God in us. It's the God in us that keeps us going. See, the danger of life, the danger of church, the danger of anything, it's when the water gets in the boat, the boat going to sink. When the world gets in the church, the church is going down here. I don't care how many MBAs you got. I don't care how many big business you've ever run. The church is an organ. It's not an organization. It's an organism designed by God. It's not designed to be run by man. If God is the head of the church, then God is the brain of the church. I want you to understand that this morning. And so Paul is letting them know in that 12th verse. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. He's letting us know because of our preaching preachers, we face death because the result of what we're going through is going to be eternal life. We need to understand this morning that every day there's an opportunity for you to be discouraged. The feeling of discouragement can be overwhelming. God has already declared the victory, and that's the victory that we have to plug into. God wants us to encourage ourselves and the Lord. We need to seek the Lord to be encouraged. We need to seek the Lord so we'll know what to do. I just want to let you know this morning that you may be pressed down on both sides. On both sides. But God has guaranteed you that you're not going to be crushed. Hallelujah. You may be perplexed, but God has said you're not going to be destroyed. God has said, you may be knocked down, Shannon, but you're going to be able to get up. God has said, greater is me that's in you that he that is in the world. There are going to be times. As the story goes, there was this little boy during this big hurricane. They saw him carrying some luggage and some uh, some things from his house, but he was also carrying another little boy on his back. The policeman stopped him and said, hey, little boy, you know, you're carrying too much. He said, you carry some luggage and you always carrying this, carry this little boy on your back. The little boy said, let me tell you something, policeman. I'm carrying my brother on my back. And when I carry my brother, he's not heavy. Hallelujah! When you carry your folks, when you carry folks, they are not heavy because God prepares you to carry a heavy load because he's a heavy load bearer. Are you out there this morning? I want you to understand something. About Calvary. Calvary was a hill in the shape of a skull. Calvary was a place where man was at his worst, but God was at his best. Calvary was a place where human sin was at its height, but God's divine love was at its greatest. I want you to understand this morning there was something about that heel that was in the shape of a skull. It could have been a disappointment. It could have been something that discouraged every Christian. But I want you to know we got the victory over Calvary this morning. God is calling you this morning to victory. Good Friday could have been a bad day. But God turned it into something holy. The cross could have been an offense to anyone. But God made it holy because he changed what it meant. The Shunammite woman, she acted like she had everything, but she didn't have any, any children, so God gave her a son. The, the, the widow from Nam was on her way to the grave to bear her only son. God told the boy to touch the bill and go back home to be with his mother. Every person that God met was discouraged. He encouraged them. Are you out there? I just want to tell you one more story. You know Peter tried to walk the water, didn't he? Jesus told him. Peter, Peter saw him coming. He said, Lord, how can I get out? He said, come. Peter started walking on the water, didn't he? But when he saw the vigorous wind around him, he lost his focus. I just want to tell you one thing this morning, how you can stay encouraged. See, the word was God said, Peter, come. The word was that he could step on the water. But when you step on the water, you have to always keep your eyes on the Lord. So as you go through this life, keep your feet on the word and keep your eyes on the Lord. And as you keep your feet on the word and your eyes on the Lord, you can do miracles. All right, Come on, Are you out there? But when you st- don't use the word and you don't stay focused on God, you're going to go down. The world going to have you. Satan know you because he had you before. He knows what you like because he gave it to you. Are you out there? God wants to keep you encouraged. But you got to stay focused.